But before we do all that, it's the You and You podcast, You and You Radio on YouTube, You and You podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and FM. What is that FM? I always forget the name. Player FM. Player yeah. FM. Yeah, FM. Make sure you check it out. Make sure you subscribe, comment, all that good stuff, man. Show the love. We appreciate the love. We've been getting. The numbers have been rising. Yes. yes. So appreciate it. Appreciate it. We got some uh, other things coming real soon, real soon. But anyway, Littles. Yes, sir. Is in the house. Talk to us, man. All right. Well, um, since we've been gone a while, I've uh, been listening to some music. I got like six albums I listened to all yesterday, so it's fresh in my mind. All right, six albums. What's the first one? Okay, we're going from worst to best. So we're going to start off with an ASAP Ferg. Okay. And it's still striving album. Being honest, I'm a Ferg fan, but he could have kept every song on this album. <laughs> Jeez Louise. They all sound like throwaways. Wow. That's why he came out and said it wasn't an album. It was like a, a playlist. Everybody's using Drake's words oh, now. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was terrible. He said it's not an album, you know, it's a playlist. Yeah, that's what that's what the hot thing to say now is when your album flop. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh let's see. He got a song. He got okay, I take that back. One good song is called the East Coast Remix, Buster Rhymes, ASAP Rocky. Dave East, French Montana, and Ross. Okay. That was pretty good. Okay. Out of a five, I'm, I'd probably give it a one and a half or two. It's not good at all. Wow. You know, it's just terrible. Right. So only two shots? Yeah, two shots out of five. Jeez. You're not even going to get drunk off this album. Wow. <laughs> all right. All right, next album, we still in hip-hop. I listened to uh, Dave East, okay. uh, his Paranoia album. Okay. I wasn't really familiar with him. I know the name, but I never listened to him. This is another... Starts off good, okay. ends per, ends a bad album. Wow. Starts off real tough with a song with uh with Jeezy. I think it's called Paranoia. I think the song is called Paranoia. He doesn't even sound like a New York rapper. He sounds like he's trying. He doesn't know what he wants to be. He's wow. rapping on trap beats. Got you. He, if you didn't know he was from New York, you wouldn't guess it. Wow. Um, he got a like I said, the song with Jeezy. He got a song with Wiz. Wiz stunk it up. Ooh. Wiz was smoking that Reggie on that one. I'm sorry. <laughs> wow. <laughs> He wasted some good production on a song with French Montana. His but, verse was terrible. But can I ask you, are we are we saying that Wiz is a, normally a really good rapper? He has he's made good albums. Hmm. This verse but, is just but, not good. Okay, so so he's made good albums, but as a rapper, do we really expect? No, we don't go to Wiz for lyrics. Okay, we, but, okay, you know. He's a good enough rapper you can enjoy him. Because when you say he stunk it up, I'm like, okay, so what is what is stinking <laughs> it up for Wiz? Because I'm like, hey, he's not all that. He no. usually. Usually makes pretty good songs though. Yeah, he can make he makes okay. good music. Good clubs, and I'm not a, and I'm not even a smoker, so I can. Call okay. Uh, okay. Let's I just wanted to ask. I, I haven't even heard from Wiz in a minute. Really? Yeah. Unless I haven't been paying attention. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think the last thing I heard was the Fast and Furious. I'm, song. I'm about to say the same thing. <laughs> I don't even like mentioning that song. It makes me emotional. I don't like hearing that. Really? <laughs> yeah. I ain't going. I could tell a story. I saw the damn movie Fast Seven in the theater. That song it. came on. Cried. Crowded. Crowded theater. <laughs> I was like, I looked around like, dog, not in the crowded theater. I had to pee leaving the theater, and I was about to cry in there. I went home and peed. I didn't even stop in the theater. I went home. Wow. But he peeped this out. I get in the car, start the car. Guess what the first song is on the radio? Wiz. Wiz. Wow. I turned that shit off so fast and drove home. That's funny. <laughs> Littles was in the movie theater crying. Hey, man. <laughs> Go ahead. Number the third album, Timmy. Y'all know him as Dre from Power. Okay. Hey. I mean, most people don't know he's an R&B singer. Mm -hmm. He dropped a project called Jeep Music. It's pretty good. It's a solid standard R&B R&B uh, album, I guess you can call it. Okay. Uh, got a. It, it gives you vibes like Pleasure P and a little Early Dream on there a couple times. Okay. 
Uh, song with Ti and uh, Fifties on is probably a standout track. That's a tough. That's a tough one. Yeah, a couple what's more standouts. What's the name of that one? Uh, that I do not know. Okay, <laughs> sorry but about it's, that. It's the only one with Fifty on it. Yeah, it's Fifty and uh, Ti. Okay, I'm gonna check yeah, it out. So, um, yeah, they couple got more, video on everything. Yeah, oh, okay. Couple yeah, more joints on there. Uh, what we do, vacation and living foul. Okay. I give it about a three and a half out of five. It's solid R and B, something yeah, you can yeah. listen to. It's okay, nice. that's that. Nice. I mean, that's pretty good for a first time out. For yeah, an actor, yeah. you know what I mean? I wanted to hate because he's Dre on Power, and I absolutely <laughs> hate Dre on Power right okay, now. Okay. I wanted to give it a one before I even listened to it. I hear you. <laughs> give it a three and a half. Okay. All right. Uh, next up, we got Lil Uzi Vert. Dropped his uh, album. Lil Uzi Vert. We talked <laughs> about him before. <laughs> is this his first album? Yeah, I think this is his official debut album, Love Is Rage 2. Hold on. Hold on, because you know I don't listen to Lil. So he ain't, all this time he hasn't had an album? No, nah, he's been dropping EPs and mixtapes. Mm. God. Things have changed. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I have to become I have to become a fan of him. Not the the terrible bad and bougie verse. He ruined that song, in my opinion. Okay, but uh, it's a dope song. It's a dope album. I'm surprised. I was shocked. Really, Lil Uzi? Yeah, Lil Uzi okay. put out a dope album. Wow. I've only been a fan of like five of his songs on his past mixtapes, but he really surprised me on this album. He don't don't get me wrong. He's not lyrical. Okay. You shouldn't. If you heard of him before, you know what you're getting when you listen to his music. Gotcha. Just go there for the party atmosphere. He's young. He's having fun. Gotcha. It's a cool album. Okay. Got some production from a uh, 808 Mafia, Don Cannon, Metro Booming on all there. The, all the Atlanta. The whole yeah, Atlanta he only crew. has and he only has two uh, guest appearances: The Weeknd and Pharrell. Oh wow. Both of those songs. Yeah, Pharrell okay. killed his verse. The song called Neon Guts. It's wow. super dope. Where is he from? Where's uh, 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 Uzi's from, from Philadelphia. Oh, okay. oh, hold on, what? Right. I thought he was from yeah. Atlanta. No, he's from Philly. I, okay, you, you teaching yeah. me something wow. I didn't know. I didn't wow. know that. Okay. Sounds good in the whip. I'm giving it I'm giving it a four out of five for wow. Uzi. Wow. Four out of five for Uzi. It out. <laughs> Dang. Little Uzi, a four out of five? Yes. Shocking. <laughs> I might listen to that on the way home. You, I'm surprised, but go ahead. Y'all, <laughs> y'all can direct all criticism to Little Uzi. <laughs> right. That's Little Uzi uh, 1126 on Twitter. <laughs> Uh, number five, we got the ASAP Mob dropped the album. Okay, called Cozy Tape Volume Two. For those of you who don't know who the ASAP Mob is, ASAP Rocky, Ferg, Nash, Twelve, and Ant. <laughs> okay, <laughs> this album further lets you know how much better Rocky is than the rest of his members. On the wow! <laughs> Thank God Rocky is on almost every song. It's some joints to check out. Uh, Frat Rules with Big Sean. That's a super dope song. Okay. Please shut up with Gucci Man. It's cool. And uh, First Year Being Rich. Okay. There's some good joints on there. The whack members of the crew kept the album from being a good album. Wow. I gave it a give it a three and a half. It could have been a four if you removed the whack people out of the group. Wow. <laughs> so that's a four out of five for ASAP Mob, Cozy Tape Volume 2. Wow, okay. And last but not least, R&B fans, Daniel Caesar dropped his album. If you don't know who Daniel Caesar is, you must be living under a rock. He's I'm living under a rock. <laughs> I, I don't know who he is. <laughs> Listen, man. Like traditional R&B soul, he has all that lyrics. He got the voice. Wow! It's just he's a he's a dope artist. I think the album is called Freudian. Yeah, Freudian. Yeah. Became a fan just skimming on a uh, Spotify one day, and I found his music. Been listening ever since. Okay. Starts off the album with um a singer not a lot of people heard of named Callie Uchis. She's okay. from Virginia. She's from Alexandria. Oh wow! Song is dope. Then he followed that up with a duet with her. So back to back, he's already starting on a good note with me. So uh, he has a um, hands down the song uh, that stands out the most is called We Find Love. Okay. That's going to be the song that everybody's going to be listening to when he blows up. Wow. 
It's definitely something in the water in Canada because he's another one from Canada. Wow. Okay. They're taking over the music scene. Um. Um. What else? Uh, highly recommend this album. I'm giving it a four and a half out of five. Wow. Okay. If you like R&B, check yeah. this out. It's only like ten songs, straight to the point. No filler tracks, no skits, no nothing. Maybe I'm gonna listen to that on the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's Daniel Caesar Freudian. It's out now. Daniel so. Caesar. Okay. Cool. Those are those are my six reviews. Uh, once again, if you hate, if you got a comment, uh, Little's eleven twenty six on Twitter, so I can block you. <laughs> uh, I don't play that on my Twitter. So uh, that's it for the music this time. That's your new Twitter or your old? That's my new Twitter. Okay. I got I got suspended yesterday. For calling. Oh, man. Oh, <laughs> man. Why, why'd you get suspended? I called some coons, coons, and added them on Twitter, and I got suspended. Oh, man. You, <laughs> gotta, you can't be calling out the coons. I called out uh, the coons. I'm going to call out right now. Ray Lewis, uh, LaShawn McCoy, uh, Stacey Dash, uh, Jason Whitlock, and Michael Vick. Yeah. I, I added them, called them coons. And next thing you know, I got suspended for 12 hours. <laughs> and you know, when I heard the whole uh, LaShawn McCoy comment about, I'm like, here is perfect example. If you don't have nothing to say, oh, don't say oh, nothing. Okay, hold on. I, I didn't hear the comment. What did he say? Okay, so he basically said that Kaepernick is not good enough for to deal with the drama that he would bring basically coming to a team. I'm paraphrasing. Okay. But that's pretty much what okay. he was saying. And I understood what he was trying to say. The problem with that, though, that would have made sense if the Ravens didn't sign quarterbacks out of the grocery store mm-hmm. to try to to try to play in front of their starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. If the Dolphins didn't call Jay Cutler, if, who if, was retired, yeah, exactly. If, in the booth. If, exactly. If if Dolphins didn't call somebody out of retirement that's been playing horrible, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? That maybe then that comment might have. But dude, be quiet. You know what? With everything that's going on today with, with Charlottesville and Trump and the last two weeks has been real heavy with the mainstream media talking yeah. about white supremacy and race issues. Yeah. I don't even think it would be that that big of a circus right now. Circus, I'm sorry, right now, <laughs> if Colin Kaepernick went to the NFL team because everybody's talking about it. Yeah. Yeah, and him talking about you know he even said himself this year he'd stand, but he said he just wants to bring awareness to social issues. Right. Everybody's well, talking about social issues now. Well, we are right. well aware, and Trump is helping it, or he ain't helping it. He no. ain't making it no better. No. Scott, break it down to us, man. Oh wow. Well, uh, this week a brother by the name of Marcellus Williams was scheduled to be executed. I believe it was on Tuesday. Yes. And uh, basically, uh, it was a whole social media campaign to. Uh, now, do you remember what the crime was? He was locked up for murder, right? He was lo- He was convicted of breaking and entering, and during the process of a breaking and entering, um, a woman got killed. Mm-hmm. And basically, they they said he do it. Now, this happened in 1990. He was convicted. This happened in 98. Almost 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now he's always said he was innocent. Mm-hmm. Now, it came out that even though he was convicted of this murder, the prosecution never had any physical evidence. Wow. Never had any physical evidence. He was convicted based on two testimonies. The testimony of his ex-girlfriend. Wow. And the testimony of some dude he was locked up with. And they later, the girlfriend later came forward and said she testified for the reward money because it was a $10,000 reward leading to his conviction. From the family, right? 
I, I don't know if it was for the family. Well, I can't speak on that. And so, let me tell you. So I'm guessing they, they you know, they testified. And There's a lot of exes out there that would turn you in for $10,000. <laughs> maybe, right. maybe a lot less. Maybe a lot less. Now, his lawyers have always fought for DNA evidence yes. to be seen, uh, to be introduced in the, in the trial. But it was always shut down. But the DNA evidence, basically taken from the crime scene, like like the blood and, you know, all the forensic stuff like that. Based on the DNA evidence, they can't place this man at the crime scene. Yeah, it wasn't even on the murder weapon. Right, and wow. I believe, and I believe the young lady was stabbed. Yeah, I believe she was three stabbed. times. Right. Wow. So, and that and, no, and that many times that sounds like a That's uh, personal first yeah. of all. a personal murder. So basically, his his lawyers are saying based on the DNA evidence, if you introduce this in the court. This man's not guilty, and he's always said he, he always said he didn't do it. Was it a Caucasian woman? Yeah, yes, yes, it was, was. Caucasian. And this, about this to bring is his brother, up. and I believe this is in the St. Louis area. This is in Missouri, yes. Oh, somebody's covering up for somebody. Now, let's not forget, not too long ago, the NAACP uh, set out a, a, a letter warning black people about traveling uh, in Missouri. Really? Because of, uh, basically, uh, white supremacists have infiltrated Missouri uh, law enforcement wow. and things of that nature. And they were saying, look, if you're traveling through Missouri and you black, this is the NAACP saying this. Wow. You better be very careful. But the crazy thing about it is it says the new DNA evidence does not come close to showing Williams is actually innocent. And that's coming from the state. <laughs> what? The state said the new DNA evidence does not come close to showing Williams is actually innocent. <laughs> that's them covering their butt. They're saying he ain't there. Is that a, they can't place him. Is that their way of a loophole? <laughs> it says... The, the state said it would be unsurprising if Williams, who wore a coat from the crime scene to cover his bloody shirt, wore gloves when he committed the burglary and the murder. Come on, man. <laughs> they covering up for somebody's covering up for somebody. That woman was killed by somebody, a lover. Let me tell you 46 something. 46 times? When you on trial for murder, you it, need evidence. No, we, no. But we listen. learned this from the whole OJ situation. <laughs> you listen. need evidence. If you broke in, if you break in, this, this is just criminal one-on-one. If you break in into somebody's house, do you really have the time to stab them 46 times? No, that's personal, like you said. Yeah, that's, that's personal. That's personal. I'm, I'm not a lawyer, but I don't watch enough forensic files to know. Hey, I'm, enough I'm SVU. <laughs> enough SVU. That's personal, Wait, it man. it take a lot of time and energy to stab somebody that many times. Yeah, and then you're going to still pick up the TV and walk out the front door. But after all these years... You know there had to be other states' attorneys since 1998, and they still confident that Mr. Williams did this, despite the DNA evidence. But, this just might go did. down for it. How many times exactly? How many times they convicted somebody out of laziness because they just don't want to do the work and find they out? Like, who okay, really did this. they said it's him, it's him. They yeah. got to move on. They done sent us. They done threw a black manager. All right, that's good enough for us. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. Whatever, whatever, what fifty cent power? Whatever they say, he did. He did that. He shit. did. He did. <laughs> <laughs> but it, and it don't help when your president is pardoning sheriffs that's admitting that he's racial profiling. You know what I mean? It just it all goes hand in hand. The, mm-hmm. you, the funny thing to me about all this, the, when you talk about Charlottesville, when you talk about uh, Mr. Williams and and Trump pardoning a, a sheriff that admitted that. He has officers rape, uh, racial profiling. The funny thing about all that to me is black folk been talking about this since forever. forever. And everybody say, oh, y'all crazy. <laughs> Get over it. Mm-hmm. You conspiracy theorists. It's all everything with y'all is a conspiracy. And even you got young folk now that's still talking that. Oh, you wouldn't get killed by the cops if you just stopped resisting. Are you? What planet? 
When you've never, and I said this before, when you've never been harassed by police is when you say that. Because right. anybody that's been harassed by police does not feel that way. Right. And most mm-hmm. black folk have at least once. Not to, not, not to jump on this, but you just brought up something. <laughs> very powerful. That, I was just, that was very powerful. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Brothers know if anytime you have a confrontation with a police officer, yes. if you open your mouth, the first thing they do is say, stop resisting. Yep. <laughs> You not fighting. Right. You not yelling. You could just be like, "Well, what you pull me up? Stop resisting." Yep. <laughs> yep. Straight <laughs> you like know that. What I'm Anything you do, you resisting. Straight like that. And that's that's basically their excuse to do whatever they want to do to you. And I'm they they, they gonna now. say, "Well, he was resisting." Just like Sandra Bland. Sandra Bland was smoking a cigarette in her car, and the police off the police officer was like, well, "You need to stop resisting." She mm-hmm. was like, "I'm smoking a cigarette in my car." Yep. <laughs> what are yep. you talking about? Yep. And this has been going on since forever. And like I said on another show, Malcolm X talked about this. Dr. King talked about this. Farrakhan talks about this. And been talking about it for 60 years now? Mm-hmm. I mean, we only been out of slavery how many years? <laughs> I mean, out of uh, segregation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 50 years out of segregation. 50 years out of segregation? And before they was talking about it, other brothers was talking about it. Yeah, I mean, you we have people alive and well that was around and experienced yep. mm-hmm. that whole segregation. Uh, Rest in peace to Dick Gregory. Dick Gregory. He just passed away. Get Dick Gregory lived through all that. Mm-hmm. You can't tell that man that America, it's not racism in America. It's no way you can convince that man of that. He lived through it all. Yep. He's seen it all, literally. Dick Gregory is the real life Forrest Gump. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to miss Dick Gregory. Yeah. He Rest definitely needs a movie made about him. Yeah. Oh, they got to do it right. Man. I already said right. the old, older Dick Gregory, not the senior citizen, maybe like the 30s and 40s, could be Idris. I saw a picture, okay. and it, it kind of resembled him. Idris, mm, I, I, I agree with you, though. I think they should do a movie. I'm t- he's the Black Falls guy. They got to do it right, though. No BET, no Lifetime. Yeah. We're talking real deal movies. Yeah, man. He is the real life Falls Gump. And, you know, I've listened to tons and tons of interviews of Dick Gregory, and he named all the people that he's talked with and met with and been with. And I'm like, yo, Dick Gregory's been with everybody. <laughs> you name it, he know him. You know what I'm saying? Rest in peace to Dick Gregory, man. Rest Absolutely. Peace, Rest in peace. We, I'm, I, I'm telling you, I, that's one dude I'm really, really going to miss, man. Dick Gregory. Let's Rest give a moment of silence for Dick Gregory. It's the You and You podcast. Styles P was on The Breakfast Club, and he was talking about mental illness. Break it down for us, Rip. Yeah, Styles P was on there with his wife, and he was talking uh, about his stepdaughter's uh, suicide. And he was just talking about, you know, how his stepdaughter was dealing with a lot of things as far as, you know, uh, her absentee father, uh, certain things with her, her relationship and her sexuality. Because uh, at the moment, she came out as bisexual and she was dealing with her identity and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And they were just talking about. Uh, he got a little emotional doing the interview because uh, you know, of course, you know her committing suicide and then oh, wow. him feeling that you know he wasn't there for her and stuff like that and. He was basically, at one point, one of the statements that he, he made uh, was about, you know, how, you know, we go out here and we live the life we live. We always on the run trying to make the money and do this and do that. But we never, you know, give time to family and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. So, you know, he got a little emotional about that. And uh, Joe Buttons on Everyday Struggle, actually, sp- they 
they spoke on that on the show, and you know, uh, Joe Budden spoke on his his uh, experience with mental That's health right. and how, like in in hip hop specifically, you know, that needs to be spoken about a little bit more, you know, because you know, uh, it's a lot of influence in in the hip hop culture and stuff, and mm -hmm. especially with the you know the black community and stuff, and how you know the Styles P coming out speaking about it and how more people should come out and. Actually, you know, even you, John, you you sent out that clip of uh, Jay Z talking about the mental mm -hmm. health and stuff. And so. and speaking of Jay Z, I was just thinking about this when you talk was talking. Jay Z with this four 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 album kind of showed that you can do message music and make it dope. Of course. Yeah. So that's no longer an excuse. You know what I'm saying? Because right. even there was a time where Jay Z was like he wasn't going there because it was just. I guess would have been considered whack at the time. Right. But he just showed that you can make a dope album and it be message driven. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I think, and people, don't get it twisted, people have been saying this for years, that music needs to go back to having some messages in it. But like we was talking about earlier before the show, I think the market is controlling this nothing rap that we get now. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it's just going back to what you said, when it's about dollars, uh, who made the statement? George Bush said, Junior, son George Bush said, money trumps peace. Hmm. He said this out of his own mouth. This is your uh, former president. Money trumps peace. Okay. Money trumps peace. And I'm I'm just saying that to say a lot of there's a lot of situations where we choose money over just flat out doing the right thing. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it, it goes back to that saying. The love of money is the root of all evil. That's really what that means. It means when you would do anything and everything mm -hmm. for the mighty dollar. You know what I'm saying? Aside from doing what's the right thing to what do? What you're supposed to be doing. What you're supposed right. to be doing. And, you know speak, I mean? and just speaking of like the Gregory, one of his statements was, love is a man's natural endowment, but he doesn't know how to use it. He refuses to recognize the power of love because of his love of power. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You exactly. want to say something, Lou? No, I'm just listening. To <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not the. I'm not gonna fake like I'm the most into the. Not not political. I'm not really. I don't watch the the things you guys watch. So I'm here soaking it up. I'm just, okay. I'm listening. Hey, I'm with that. I'm hey, with no, that. The piggybacking off something you just said, John. Something I just thought of. You was talking about bringing the message back to back back to rap music. Yeah. Um. I was a few days ago. I had listened to uh, an interview Pimp C did um, on the Atlanta radio station, and basically he was he was going off because he was basically saying down south rappers need to put more messages in their music. Mm -hmm. And now this is Pimp C saying this. Right. He said it can't be all about slanging dope and throwing money in the strip club and partying. He was like, if we don't put some messages in this rap music, we gonna we talking about the south. Mm -hmm. We gonna lose everything we built. But what, but what he said is, I'm going to use your line, is so powerful mm -hmm. because that's exactly what we witness every day. These young people have no respect. I'm, I'm outside today putting a, we sold a, a, a rocking chair mm -hmm. from, from our house. And I'm putting it in the car. And it's kids outside playing. These kids ranging from maybe 7 to 13, let's okay. say. It's grown folks sitting on the sidewalk. When I say grown, I'm talking about old enough to be our grandparents. Mm -hmm. 
sitting out on the on the front sidewalk, you know, just talking, just kicking it or whatever. And these kids, MF of this, F you. I'm talking top of their lungs. <laughs> two things, two things that amaze me about the situation. Because I'm very, I'm I'm very uh observant. Mm-hmm. Two things amaze me. Not only were the kids talking like they was talking and being totally disrespectful, like th- like those people was not even sitting there. Right. Mm-hmm. The older people said absolutely nothing. Not one of those elders said, hey, don't be out here cussing like that, or you too young to be using that type of, hey, you, come here, let me talk to you for a minute. Not a word. Not a word. And I know why they didn't say nothing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because if they <laughs> yeah. said something and they go tell their parent, then their parent comes right. down the street and, and going to cuss them out. Right. You don't tell my... <laughs> exactly. you know, and that, they going to give you, I call it love and hip hop. Uh-huh. They going to give you the hand gesture right. and the pointing. A whole lot of yeah. clapping when they talking. A whole lot. And, mm-hmm. it's, and I love rap music. Mm-hmm. I've been listening to rap music forever. But yo, we got to take some responsibility for this. When everything is negativity all the time, I don't care who you are. You are you you become what it is that you right. focus on the most. Definitely. Soak that up. And if everything, listen, your music is ratchet. Your TV is ratchet. The movies is ratchet. Your parents. Your parents is ratchet. Your grandparents is ratchet. You don't have a healthy balance. School is ratchet. I'm saying clips on social media. Kids is fighting teachers every day. That was unheard of when I was in school. You ain't never hear about no. I can't can't recall one. All my 12 years through elementary, middle school, and high school, I can't recall one student nope. fighting a teacher. You thought about it, but you never acted on it. <laughs> Listen, right. we thought about going and fighting our right. parents, but we didn't <laughs> right. It was just a thought in your head. You, you weren't that stupid. Saying? We weren't that stupid, but it's, it, it just shows the level of disrespect, but I think there's a lot of elements plays into that. There's definitely a lot of elements. It starts at home. It starts at home, but you got babies having babies. And they mm-hmm. used to say that when we was young. Right. Y'all babies having <laughs> babies. Baby. And we didn't understand it then. Yeah, yeah. But being 37 now, I, now I totally understand what mm-hmm. they were talking about. They used to say, it's babies having babies. Ain't nobody raising these kids. Ain't nobody raising these kids. Mm-hmm. Listen, I'm 37 mm-hmm. years old. I have a two-year-old and a seven-month-old. And I'm like, yo, at 16, it's no way I could have did this yeah. like... The way it should have been. Right. Done. It it's is. no way. No way. I was thinking about this a few days ago, when my when my father was my age. Mm-hmm. I was twenty years old. I can't imagine having a twenty year old son right now. I'm, I couldn't imagine it. I'm like, wow. <laughs> I'm like, wow. I was twenty and my dad was my age. Like, how did he it's, do it's, it? I'm telling you. And and me and my lady, we talk about it all the time. I'm like, damn. Did we wait too late? <laughs> like, we old parents uh-huh. technically. We yeah. old parents. But when you think about it, like I say all the time. Having them older, um, we're more stable. We're more stable right. financially. We're more stable in mm-hmm. bed. You know what I'm saying? All that good stuff. Whereas having them at 16, 17, 18. You're not an adult. You, 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 can't, you can't handle You're still trying to figure right. stuff out yourself. So right. I totally get it now. And that's right. not a put down to the young mothers. It's not a put down. You just can't handle it. You it's, can't. That's just a fact. You can't. You're not gonna. You're not gonna. Now, don't get it. Don't get it twisted. There are there are mothers that have had kids at a very young age, mm-hmm. and they've raised very excellent mm-hmm. children. But it was with help, of course, yeah. and it was with good quality help. 
Mm-hmm. You know need, what I'm saying? A support system. A good stable support system. Because we had grandmas and big mamas when we was coming up. Mm-hmm. Now grandma in the club with me. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Dropping it low. 35 so gran- and over club card. Yeah, so grandma telling her 16-year-old, 15-year-old daughter or granddaughter. No, that would make her, yeah, her daughter because her kid would be, that would be the grandmother. Telling her daughter, I can't watch your kid. I'm going right, to the club I'm going tonight. out, right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> She and that Joe partying with me. You know what I mean? <laughs> Not with me because I ain't in the club right. no more. But I'm, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. And so it's like you got to have them. We got to tilt our hats to the mamas and big mamas and, and all them that held mm-hmm. it down, and man. you know what? Those elders, that our grandparents or great aunties or yeah. whoever helped raise you, back in their day, it was all about family value. Yeah. It was all about the black fam. We are black family, and we gotta look out for each other because ain't nobody else gonna look out ain't for us. Ain't nobody else gonna do so it. So if cousin whoopty whoop need some help with her kids, I gotta help her. Yeah, yeah. And, and I remember, kid, you know, what I'm saying? I remember coming up. My father would would take cousins and stuff in. Mm-hmm. You know, they would call Roy. This boy, he this he that. My father sent him to me. Mm-hmm. They come stay. I'm sharing a room with a cousin. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. he ain't acting right, right. 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 But my father going. Get them straight because he, you know, they looked at him like, we see what you do with, you know, how you handle your business, mm-hmm. so help me out here. And and he had no problem with doing that, but you just don't get, I don't see a lot of that these days. Not based off of how these kids is acting. A lot, look, first of all, let me put it out there. I don't have children. <laughs> I'm not I'm not an expert. I'm right. not talking about experience. Well, I got some. I'm telling you, it's From crazy. what I've <laughs> observed, uh, a lot of these younger folks, they looking for that discipline. They looking for that structure. Mm-hmm. They looking for that father figure. Mm-hmm. And they acting out, saying they looking for it. Now, that might, you know, that could come in many forms. Like we said before, it could come from a coach. It could come from a big brother figure. It could come from a pastor. It could come from an uncle. It could come from a grandfather. But they they, they got to have it. Yeah. They, they got to have it. Just like when I was leaving out tonight, there were some kids. First of all, why are kids out playing at 9 o'clock at I don't, night? I don't understand that. That's like five, six, seven years old. That's a whole nother issue in itself. I mean, we at that age, we had to be in before the streetlights street came on. Right. You know what I mean? But they out there grabbing rocks out my yard and throwing rocks at each other. So I said to them, hey, me throwing them rocks out here. You're going to bust somebody's window out here. Oh, we're sorry. Yes, sir. We're sorry. They put the rocks down. They're going. But the problem let me, is, let me, now, oh, not, not to cut you off. Is, is this the first time you had interaction with these kids? First time I ever had interaction okay. with okay. these kids. So when I said that, yes, sir, you know, so. It's not that they won't listen or follow, but now you got adults are scared to talk to these kids mm-hmm. or say anything to these kids. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I get it. You know what I'm saying? Because I thought about it for a second, too, because I was like, I ain't trying to be out here arguing with somebody's well, mother. Right, 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 you know what I'm saying? Because the minute he throw a rock and bust my window out, you're going to tell me all the reasons why you're not going to pay for it. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I say this almost every show. <laughs> We got to come together as, as a community and yes. uh, as a people because, one, like you said, there's many aspects that go into that. But one thing we got to get back to doing is in our neighborhoods, we got to get to know our neighbors. Yeah. We got to get to know who we living around. Mm. So yeah, unfortunately. If, <laughs> but if we do that, your first interaction with these kids and these teenagers ain't, hey, what, what the hell you doing over right, there? Right, Your right, first right, interaction right. be like, hey, what's up? You, you know? absolutely right. How you doing? Blah, blah, blah. I live here where you, you know what I'm saying? You're this, that, and the third. Right. And then when you see them doing something wrong, you ain't got to yell at them. You can pull them to the side. Be like, hey, come here. Let me let me, let me, let me talk to you. Yeah. What, you what you doing over yeah, there? Yeah, because when we was coming up, that's, that's how some of our neighbors did it. But I'm telling you, Scott, when you see how these adults act. I, I already know, brother. <laughs> it's almost I like, know. I know. forget going to the kids. I need to go talk to these adults. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, yo, do, do you know what type of 
type of example you setting for your child when you out in the middle of the street fighting at 12 and 1 o'clock in the morning? Because that's what happens on my block. It's a sad, it's a sad state of affairs. Fighting in the middle of the street? Sad state of affairs. Oh, that's what I'm saying. But it's the You and You podcast. (laughs) Have respect for your neighbors out there. Come on Have some respect for your neighbors. Black man, black man, stay out of jail. (laughs) Sons, to get them kids out the street. The whole phase, Rip, what's it all about? The whole phase. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to talk about this for a minute because... Watching the show Insecure on HBO. Okay. Uh, for for those who don't know, preferably John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I haven't seen the show. So give me a quick backdrop. Okay. Well, the whole phase is a term used to describe sexual liberation in the dating scene, which is usually all about having fun with zero permanent ties. Okay. Issa Rae, who is the creator and one of the writers and the star of Insecure, described the whole phase. Uh, She described it in three different groups. This is the way women have their whole phase. She's describing the women aspect. Okay. The first group doesn't engage in non-committed sexual activity and chooses to wait on the relationship. The second group goes on a full-out quest to fuck all they can and get their numbers up. Okay. These are her words. Okay. Ray expressed that this group isn't interested in commit commitment and are often not able to rid themselves of the whole label, even when or if they end their phase. Okay. The third group dibbles in sexual liberation without commitment, but also seeks and finds intimacy with a partner. Okay. Okay. One one second. Okay. Now, this article I'm reading it from also goes on to say that the whole phase is the pop cultural term we've used to coin a time of sexual freedom. That's our social norm. Oftentimes, women are described as having a whole phase as if it's a season that we snap in and out of, unlike men whose whole phase is filled with culturally accepted behavior for their gender. Okay, well, let me go on to describe uh, the whole part of the show where all of this came about. Okay. So the first season of Insecure, uh, Issa Rae and her boyfriend Lawrence, they're they're having their relationship. Lawrence has been unemployed for two years, sitting on the couch, uh, trying to figure out what he's going to do with his life. Okay. So... Issa Rae was getting kind of tired of that, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, most times in in relationships, you know, when things are going kind of bad or, you know, that the partner who's getting the short end of the stick, so to speak, mm-hmm. looks for that, that fulfillment outside of their relationship. Okay. So Issa Rae was kind of upset about her boyfriend being unemployed for two years or whatever. So she comes in contact with an old fling that she had. And, you know, she kind of resisted a little bit, and one thing led to another. They hooked up. She cheated on her boyfriend, Lawrence. So Lawrence started to pick himself up, found the job or whatever, you know, was getting on his feet, feeling a little good about himself. And he so happens to find out about this situation with Issa Rae. She had to come out and admit to what she did. So Lawrence got mad. Rolled out, 
came back, tried to work it out. Mm -hmm. That didn't happen. Went on. In the midst of all this, this, this time of Lawrence being unemployed and stuff, he met this chick from the bank. And she was being a little bit more encouraging than his girl Issa Rae was. Which was easy to do yeah. because she not sleep, he not sleeping on her couch, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so during the time of that, Lawrence got mad after he found out about the cheating or whatever. Of course, he goes to the bank teller. Mm-hmm. Season finale of season one, he was banging out. The bank teller. Very well. Bank, yes. Great job. <laughs> For that to be a fake scene, it was very convincing. Well, he was well rested because he was <laughs> So season two starts. Issa Rae, Lawrence broken up. Issa Rae finds out that, you know, Lawrence is doing this thing or whatever. And he's not really trying to get back with her right now. Okay. So that's when the whole phase comes in for Issa Rae. She's talking to a girl. Her girl is already out there in the streets trying to find a man, you know, doing what she's doing or whatever. Mm-hmm. So Issa Rae was like, you know what I'm saying, she want to jump into her whole phase now. Okay. She's trying to ask her friend how to do it, what she needs to do, da-da-da-da-da. Uh-huh. So there's the whole phase. So which phase was she? She was the one, because she said there's four different levels of the whole phase. Her, her phase was she was just trying to... His, it, the second group, the second group, which I'll reiterate, goes on a full out quest to fuck all they can okay. and get their numbers up. Okay. All right. So <laughs> go ahead. Get, get your feelings about it. Uh, you gave us the backdrop. Now give us your feelings. My feelings about it is just from, like, the second group that she described, uh-huh. I don't see it as no three groups. I see it as just one, one right. group. I agree. And I that agree. one group is the second group where you just doing you. You just doing you. You going out here getting your numbers up. I think it's the dumbest thing ever in the whole damn world. Okay. Granted, I agree with the fact that there's a double standard that men have men we can do this and we get celebrated, praised for. We don't look as a whole or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you are. But I don't. <laughs> yeah. But I don't it's agree. I don't agree with the double standard. Right. So that's why it's it's even dumber that I feel that the woman, when she gets in that situation where she feels that she needs to do this whole phase, I feel that's just dumb that she has to downgrade herself to do it. Mm. And I feel like that is more so in these situations when I when. When I've experienced a woman talking about a whole phase and stuff, it's because she's been hurt. Gotcha. Or she's going through some type of pain or whatever. And I look at it just as she doesn't want to deal with that pain. So she's suppressing the pain and just going out there just doing whatever. You running away from the pain, but you still holding on it on your back. Gotcha. And you throwing yourself out there. It's almost similar to... When we've talked about plenty of times with the Amber Rose thing and the slut walk, mm-hmm. celebrating that that aspect, I don't agree with celebrating something like that. We shouldn't be downgrading ourselves in those type of situations of a whole phase or a slut shame, slut walk or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. to make yourself feel better about yourself. You're actually putting more negative energy around yourself by suppressing your, the pain you're going through, not dealing with the healing that you need to to go to go through mm-hmm. and you know what I'm saying just just making yourself just look like a hoe yeah look, look like, like a hoe, hoe. <laughs> how you feel Lotus? <laughs> alright listen man like you said earlier about the double standard 
men are celebrated for this. Yeah. It shouldn't even be a whole phase. If you can call a woman's a whole phase, men should have a whole phase. Because men have been celebrated this since the beginning of time. Yeah. yeah. You go to a party, you bag three girls. Oh, dog. Wait till I tell you what happened at this party. I had three of them. You the man. Right. (laughs) If a girl came to a party, I came from a party and said, dog, I just had sex with three dudes at this party. How would y'all look at her? She's a hoe. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. I just think it's me, but okay. No, (laughs) she'd be looked at as a hoe. Right. I just think it's wrong that that double standard exists. If if a woman is a hoe, a dude should be a hoe. Call it what it is. True that. Men, there's some men out there hoeing. I agree. Yeah. Everybody at this table know at least a few hoes. Men. That <laughs> are men. You got that right. Scott? Uh, ladies, y'all can direct all hate to my social media. Twitter. <laughs> That's two Gs on the hate. S-J-H-8-0. Um, let me tell you something. Uh, I've heard of the whole phase mm-hmm. way before, you know, the TV show Insecure. Right. I feel like it's something all women go through. Um, usually uh, in the earlier stages in their life. Um, early, early to mid twenties. You know, all women go through a whole phase. Right. Uh, sometimes they might go through it right after you know a breakup. That's that's not a problem. The problem is if a woman stays in the whole phase. Mm. If you're 36 and you're still in your whole phase, you're just a whore. <laughs> that's just <what> <laughs> right. You're not going through a phase. That's just you. Right. <laughs> now let me tell you where I. This is where I agree with a double standard. With the double standard. Okay. I don't treat men and women the same. Mm-hmm. Those mean. Women is less than, don't mean women is not equal to, but they different. Gotcha. I, I don't treat them the same. When it's a man, it's more like a player phase. And mm. let me tell you why. Okay. This is the way I feel about it. If I had a key that could open any lock, I would say that's a great key. Mm. I'm going to keep this key. But if I had a lock that was opened by any key, this lock ain't worth anything. <laughs> wow. I'm throwing that lock away. Wow. I wouldn't want that lock protecting my house. Right. Because anybody can walk up in here. Right, right. So that's just what it is. Like, a, the natural instincts of a man is to go out and pursue women and to see how many women he can get. Mm-hmm. If a woman is allowing any man to get her, she has no value as a woman mm-hmm. because she's going with anything. Now, some women may not like that, but, you know, I don't care. You don't like it. That's just the <laughs> way I feel about it. <laughs> All right. My turn. Okay. Whole phase. Women have whole phase. Men have whole phase. Everybody here stressed that. I'm going to go a little deeper. Go for it. <clears throat> First of all, if you're in a relationship, that's one thing. I feel like if you're not in a relationship, you can do whatever the heck you want to do. I agree with that. All right. I also yeah. say if it wasn't for the fact that we had diseases out here that are deadly, there'd be a whole lot more hoeing going on. <laughs> okay. I agree with that. Okay. Now, the third thing is we have in, in, some, in many ways made sex a bad thing. Let me explain. <laughs> sex is sex. Mm-hmm. We put this, we put this uh, holy grail on sex and how you're supposed to do it and when you supposed, who you're supposed to do it with and how many times you're supposed to do it. And once again, I feel like if you're not in a committed relationship, you can do all the hoeing you want. 
Right. Or you could do all the non-hoeing that you want. <laughs> it's your prerogative. You know what I'm saying? Now, guys say all the time, I don't know no girl that been with, with this. And your analogy was excellent. The key and the lock, that was an excellent yeah, analogy. Y'all like, y'all like that yeah. one. <laughs> I like it. But guess what? You only know what she tell you. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. That's you thinking your girl is so sweet and no, nice and not. wholesome? She's not. She's never going to tell you everything. She's never going to tell you everything. I'm going to leave it at that. It's going to the grave. Okay. What, so, what was the saying? Uh, what you don't know won't hurt you. What you don't know won't <laughs> hurt you. And I'm going to give you another saying. No matter how great she is to you, is some dude somewhere that can't stand her. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So, I say all this to say, this whole phase, these stigmas, you know, I made a comment uh, the other day. This whole there's a right and a wrong. I'm even starting to debate that. Like what? Everybody has their thing. We put these. We put these levels on. We put these levels on people that certain people are worse than other people. Yeah, and right. These yeah. stigmas. These these programming. Game of Thrones, which I'm very into. The thing that was very prevalent in the first episodes of that was how the men treated the women. They treat women like they was nothing. They was just strictly for sex. Mm. Pretty much. Am I, yeah. You seen it? Right. They was The women was like strictly for sex. I need to go back and watch season one. <laughs> Listen, they will have sex with you in the middle of the grocery store if they had grocery stores. <laughs> I mean, that's how they was current. Yeah. Am I lying? And so it was like women was nothing. And now women have gone through so many phases throughout time that here we are in this phase, the whole phase, and women are like, we're sick of the double standard. Men do what they want to do. We're going to do what we want to do. That's really all it boils down to. And in these days of times, I hate to say it, you almost just got to deal with it. And be lucky if you got a woman that ain't been with a bunch of people. Yeah. And if she did, you will never know. You won't. Yeah. I mean, like, John, I agree with you. Like, if you if you single, do whatever the hell you want to do. I mean, like. Because ain't nobody got to know about it. And the fact, and like you said, everybody, you know what I'm saying, everybody conduct should be conducting their lives the way that they feel they should be conducting it. Yeah. The only thing, the only problem I have with the whole phase is that you putting a label on it and that you're basically putting a label on it and clunking yourself out with a whole bunch of other people. If you supposed to be an individual, just go ahead and live your life the way that you want to live. Don't care what nobody else thinks. Mm-hmm. But what I want people to focus on is, is when you say you in these whole phases, go a little deeper and understand that you probably got a little hurt, some pain mm-hmm. or something going on mm-hmm. with you. That's pushing you to this so-called whole phase. And you, you, what you just said is powerful because you have some people that are sexing and they ain't hurt. Right. They sexing because that's what they want to do. Exactly. So what you said is very key. Don't do it because of a hurt or because of what your boyfriend just did. Yeah. That's excellent. Mm-hmm. I have a saying, as long as it don't hurt somebody else, do you, player? Yeah. Right. If what I'm doing... Don't affect you. 
Don't worry about right. what I'm doing. You know if what I'm saying? If it's making you happy, but at the end of the day, if you're going out here hoeing and hoeing and hoeing just so you can get back at somebody, or if, you, or if you, at the end of the night, you going home and you still sad or you still blown, even though you you got this dude number or you slept with this dude or you slept with this girl, got these girls' numbers, dude, lady. You 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 got some pain inside of you, yeah. so you need to be focusing on that. Yeah, I'm gonna hit you with this, <laughs> and you'd be surprised how many women wish they could get themselves in that mode where they can just do what they want to do when they want to do it. A lot of women that's not out here hoeing, they not out here hoeing because of the stigma that's been put on it, and they feel like if I do that, then somehow. I done let my mama down. I done let grandma mm. down. I done let Jesus down. You know what I'm saying? But deep inside, they want to get it bust open. I, I hate to be this. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I hate to be this, this talking like this. But there's a lot of women that wish they could get the guts to be like, yo, I'm going out here and I'm going to do me. Right. I promise you. And the more innocent and wholesome that you think she is, even more so she <laughs> want that joint. But I'm trying to tell you. Check well, her, look, check her you, social media DMs. When you Man. think about it, when you think of that whole little saying that watch out for the preacher's kids. Yeah. Watch out for the preacher's kids. They yeah. be the wildest one. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Let me, I'm, I'm going to give you a perfect example and we're going to move on. Mm. Most women will tell you their biggest problem is not busting it open for somebody. It's busting it open to the person they really want to bust it open to. True, true, mm. true. <laughs> mm. that's, that's key. If the dude comes along that she really want to bust it open to, what you think going to happen? It's going to be busted. It's open. going <laughs> down. <laughs> Pretty much. Usher and the, and the big girl. That so-called that's, that's said that she gave him herpes. No, he gave her herpes. No, he didn't give her herpes. He didn't, but I'm, let's but just use that she, as an example. He could have. Let's say. Oh, he could have. Yeah, like but that. let's say that. that really, I don't think it really happened. No, but let's say it really happened. Garbage. Go ahead. Let's say it really happened. Y'all mm-hmm. seen that girl. Mm-hmm. And Usher. Right. Mm-hmm. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I rest my case. All he, listen, mm-hmm. everybody want to do a whole face. Everybody wants to do a whole face. It's just the ones that got the courage to do it. Yeah, I mean, if you the natural reaction from a human, you're going to be attracted to other people. So it's going to be people that you're going to want to experience some type of intimacy with. Yes. So. When, whenever the woman gets approached by the dude that she really want to bust, bust it open for, she's going to do it. <laughs> that saying is just hilarious. It's true. It's, yeah, it's, it's going to go down. <laughs> Ladies, comment. Write in and tell me if I'm right or wrong. They'll bust it open. They're not going to tell the truth on the on the web. You'd be surprised. People you don't like telling the truth about themselves. You'd be surprised. When when it's the dude they want to do it for, they doing it. And if it happens to be five different ones, <laughs> it's going to be five different. Are you kidding me? And you know what's stopping Are you kidding me? And I believe what's stopping them, they don't want the wrong person to see and find out about what they're doing. Exactly. If they could do it. And nobody knew exactly. they do it. I understand exactly. what you're saying. What? Exactly. So that's what that's what the story be like when people move to new cities. They can become exactly. whoever the hell they want to. Exactly. Here's another difference between men and women. 
men will tell you that we hit 15 bad broads. Because it's praised. Exactly. But a woman don't want people knowing her personal business. Exactly. That's all it is. She's like, she going to do what she want to do, but she just don't want nobody to know about it. Exactly. So that's why she's very particular Mm -hmm. about who she busted open for. Mm -hmm. (laughs) For good reasons. (laughs) But I go back to my earlier comment. You take the disease away, man. Everybody don't. What? <laughs> be Game of Thrones season one. Are you kidding me? <laughs> the grocery store just getting it on. Are you kidding me? If you took that away, two things will happen. There'll be way more sex going on, and there'll be way more children running around. Right. <laughs> Point blank, pretty. Shooting off uh, fireworks. <laughs> That's why I say I think disease was created for population control. Because they do. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with that. They knew. They said if we just let them be able to do them, we have too many people in the world. Uh-huh. It'd be too many people. Could be a possibly uh, happier world, too. Uh, a very <laughs> happier world. Are you kidding me? That's the problem with most people. They ain't getting none. Not, they're not getting it good. They're not getting it bust open. They're not getting it bust open. That's the title for this issue. Fight, <laughs> fight Night is out. Bust this is called Bust It Open. <laughs> <laughs> the Bust It Open episode. Hey, listen. The whole phase. The whole phase. <laughs> it's your boy, O King Johnny, O H underscore K I N G underscore Johnny, J O N N Y. Next to me is Scott Heggs, H E G G S. Follow me on Twitter, S J H 80. Link in my bio. Take you to my latest work, Hypocrisy, Hypocrisy in America. Before I pass it, John, you just said something that was so powerful. You say you think disease was created, or STDs, uh-huh. was created for population control. Yes. Everybody out there, check out this book called AIDS, Opium, and Diamonds. It Woo. talks about just what you just said. Woo, I need to <laughs> check book that out. I caught probably about five, six years ago. Great book. It talks about how a bunch of diseases and a bunch of other stuff Do they was have a documentary about that? For population control. I don't know for oh, sure. Stuff like that, yo, we need documentaries. Go ahead, Littles. Go ahead, Littles. It's your man, Littles. I ain't about to give you my real name. I don't want that out there. <laughs> uh, you can follow me at Littles1126. I think my Twitter's back up. Uh, that's about it. Littles1126 on Twitter and Instagram. Follow me. Go ahead, Rip. All right. It's your boy, Rip. You can catch me on greatestiamblog.com, Instagram, greatest.i.am.blog. And I just posted a new blog, I Am Not a Stigma. Check it out. Wow. It's the You and You podcast. Black man, black man, stay out of jail. <laughs> Don't forget to bust it open. <laughs>